Welcome to Bible Connection, an audio resource seeking to connect us to the Bible and the Bible to our daily lives. This is episode 1. So glad you could join in with me for Bible Connection today. I am Pastor Ariel and this is basically me sharing with you personal insights from my own personal devotions. I've been going through the book of Matthew for the past several months and so I will begin sharing with you spiritual insights I've gleaned through my time connecting with God's Word and seeing how the, these verses that I'm reading connect with my world, my lives. And I, I'm hoping that these insights will help you as well see how the Bible does connect with our lives um, our daily lives. Uh, it's my prayer that um, this will encourage you to continue uh, seeking and making time to connect with God's Word, meaning that you are uh, making time, meaningful time, to read, study, and meditate on the Bible on a regular basis. Or if you presently aren't doing this, that you will be inspired to do so. So let's dive right in. Um, Matthew chapter 1. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, if you're familiar with the Bible, this chapter usually gets skipped. And not because it's a bad chapter, but because it contains uh, one of the strongest deterrents for, that people have put out in reading the Bible. They, they're called the genealogies. They, this individual had this person as their child, and then that person had this person as their child. And it repeats like that for several verses straight. So you can, I mean, it, it, it sounds tedious. But if you have read through the Old Testament, the genealogies that is found in the book of Matthew is not tedious at all. And I'm just going to share some insights. In verse number uh, three, it mentions a, a lady named Tamar. And Tamar, her story in the Old Testament is highly dysfunctional. She marries into a very dysfunctional family, the patriarchs, the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Jacob's sons. And you would think, hold up a second, aren't these the good guys from the Bible? Um, no. The only good guy in the Bible is God. Everybody else is broken. In Genesis 3 onward just reveals the brokenness of our lives. And Tamar it reveals a woman that is neglected, abandoned, ignored, um, and how she has to go through these very, what we would call questionable means to try to vindicate herself. And in spite of all the things that we would not approve of, um, she's here. She is in the genealogy that ends with Jesus. Let me give another example. In verse number five, you have Rahab, uh, another individual that you may know her from that song, that gospel song, you know, uh, about the, the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. Uh, Joshua, you know, fought and had the walls of Jericho tumbling down. Um, but this, the song doesn't mention Rahab, but she was rescued. She helped the the Israelite spies hide. She she hit them. So you think that's a great person. See, there you go, a nice lady in the genealogy of, of, of Jesus. But the Bible tells us that Rahab was a prostitute. Um, yeah. So these are not a, a squeaky clean um, pedigree that we're starting to see here. Now let me mention someone else, Ruth. Ruth the Moabite. Hey, hold up a second. That's the the, the, the daughter-in-law that was very faithful to Naomi. She wouldn't leave her. She is nice. Yes, she was. But Ruth was a Moabite. And the, the genealogy of the Moabites came from Lot, Abraham's nephew. And you would say, well, what's wrong with that? What was wrong is Lot's wife died as they were leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. And you can read that in the book of Genesis. And so the daughters were trying to figure out how are we going to have kids there are no men no men will want us 
and so they, they get their father drunk a lot and they get pregnant by their father and from this union come came one of the tribes called Moab the Moabites and Ruth is a Moabite and that's her pedigree and she's here in the genealogy of Jesus uh, a genealogy that should make our eyebrows go up right if this were your family and you had a family reunion would you sit next to the Moabites, the prostitutes, the individuals that were neglected, abandoned, exploited? Would you be like, uh, how you been? At a family reunion, it, we begin to see a pattern of inclusion of individuals that in, in our society we exclude. I'm, 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 this is in 2018, and as I look at the radio and the news and listen to the social um atmosphere in which we move there's a lot of talk about inclusion inclusion everyone is you know the same we should all be able to share a meal together except if you belong to this political party or that political party or if you voted for this person or didn't vote for that person um, we're not inclusive at all we've never have and these individuals are histories of individuals that were castaways rejects the unwanted um, let me give you another name Bathsheba she's in this list as well you may be more familiar with Bathsheba than the other characters, uh, but if you're not, uh, I'll just give you a synthesis of Bathsheba. Bathsheba uh, gave birth to Solomon, the wisest man on earth. Certainly, there we go, there we go. Now it's starting to look a little bit nicer, a nicer genealogy of Jesus, except that um, Solomon was born uh, from Bathsheba in David's marriage, but David was not her first husband. In fact, uh, David killed Bathsheba's first husband. He murdered him. Um, why? Because David had gotten Bathsheba pregnant while he was still alive. And so to solve the whole mess, David had Uriah slaughtered, murdered in the battlefield. This is horrible. And we begin to see this pattern that God could have said, you know, he, he's not a politician. He's not trying to make himself look good by sweeping these individuals under the rug and just only highlighting those that are nice, the nice ones. He is including individuals here that we may not want to recognize as family members. Yet Jesus says, this is my family. These are the people that I came from. Um, the last person that you see here is not a lady, it's a guy named Manasseh. He was a king that did horrible, 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 all caps, things. Uh, he exceeded pre the previous kings, and yet at the very end, he repents and God forgives him. And look at that. He is in the, the lineage of Jesus. And the Genesis chapter 1, I mean, sorry, Matthew chapter 1, is not trying to simply list these genealogies to deter us from reading, but to ask us questions. Who are these people? And we may not know the history of every single one of them, but there are some that we can invest time studying and connecting. Connecting the Old Testament to the New Testament and see why these people are here. And of course, it finishes with Jesus um, in verse, eight, verse 18. And it quickly shifts. Why would God record these individuals, right? In verse 21, uh, when the angel tells Joseph the name that they, they should give this child that Mary's pregnant with, um, he says, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the reason God is not ashamed is because these people, these, this genealogy, you know who's in there? You and me. We are part of this human family that is broken. This human family that can do some pretty horrible things, thinking we're doing the right thing, that we have no other options, as Lot's daughters thought. 
There's just no way that we can ever get married and have children. So let us do this heinous act. God does not shove that somewhere deep, dark, you know, and, and shuts the vault and say no one has access to these documents. No, God puts it, boom, right in the first chapter. He's not hiding us. It's not that he's hide, not hiding these individuals. He's not hiding you and me. He is not ashamed of us. Not that he's condoning or endorsing these dysfunctional exploitations and abuses and hurtful things that are, are part of this story, you know, like Bathsheba. He's certainly not endorsing what David did. But what he's saying is that he is committed. He knows that the reason we do these things is because of sin. So his answer to this whole thing is not ignoring us, shelving us, or destroying us. It's sending Jesus to save us from our sin. And one last thing before we close with this first episode uh, in Bible Connection. In verse 23, it tells us of another name that Jesus would have, Emmanuel, which translated means God with Tamar, God with Rahab, God with Ruth, God with Bathsheba, God with Manasseh, God with you. God is not ashamed of you. Your family may be ashamed of you. You may be ashamed of you, but God isn't. And he's not going to hide you and put you under the rug and pretend you don't exist. God is with you. And Matthew begins with that message loud and clear. So no matter what situations we may think we're finding ourselves in, you don't need to be afraid that God may have forsaken you or not want anything to do with you. The very opposite is true. The, the Gospel of Matthew begins with that loud, clear message. God is not ashamed of these individuals. He's not ashamed of you. He considers them family. He considers you part of his family. And he wants you to know he is with you. 